What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Benelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Bolo, Dean Montalbano. Fellas, how are we feeling? We got another player rankings episode today. We got the interior offensive linemen. Oh, we got the big, big boys. Not just the big boys, the big, big boys. Let's go. Bittersweet, though. This is our last uh, big boy section uh, until the draft. So, you know, let's yeah. end this one strong here. Very true. Honestly, also, true. before we start, too, like uh, early on, I feel like in this draft process, this position, everyone said like, oh, the center and the like, interior off the line in particular was weak. I kind of fuck with this class. I don't know about you guys. I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of solid starters. Uh, yeah, I think the center position in particular, I think there are going to be three to four guys who are going to make a an early impact. So uh, let's get right to it. Top fives, Ray. You got a number five. Ooh, starting with me. Okay. Uh, at five, I have Steve Avila from TCU. So he's a senior. I think he's going to be a 24-year-old rookie. Uh, six three and a half, three thirty two. So he's a big dude. He's he's fucking stout, dude. He's thick. He's one of those interior offensive linemen that you do like. You cannot go through, and you can't really go around just because he's so goddamn wide. I love it. And and uh, and if you smack that, it don't even jiggle too. It's crazy. Yeah, he's solid. He's a solid, yeah. solid guy. Um, so I guess started off with like some strength. I love his experience and just versatility. He started a full year at left guard, a full year at center, and then also I think his I think it was his sophomore year played right guard and right tackle. So he's played four positions on that, that offensive line. And as Jets fans, we know versatility on the interior or just the offensive line in general is just massive. Too many people go down and just being able to mix and match and get your best five out there. I love that. I think he's going to be someone that you can get on day two that just plays a big part in that. He can, wherever you need him, whenever you need him, he'll play there. I mentioned is just his thick, stocky frame. I think it's going to hold up against NFL defensive tackles and nose tackles even if he if his position is center really well he doesn't really get pushed back too much and but to go with that decent frame at 332 pounds i think it may be the heaviest uh of the interior offensive lines we're going i'm going to talk about today at least but he moves pretty well too for a guy his size i don't think he's necessarily that's what you want him doing all the time but he ran a uh, 52140 which is better than most of the guys on this list and he, I think that makes him a little bit scheme versatility as well as position versatility, which I really love. I think that you're going to be getting him probably back into round two, maybe early round three, and he can go to so many different teams just because of that. And then I guess some of the negatives on him, just hand usage and punch in particular in pass pro, it just needs to be worked on a little bit. I think his hands are just a little erratic. He's not the best athlete in terms of like bending and flexibility he's a little stiff and can play a little high and then just as a finisher i feel like when he engages he can kind of get shucked off shuck off by like the defenders so i just want to see him finish his blocks a little bit better but overall i think he's someone who's going to come in and at least compete for a starting job on that interior whether it's guard or center from day one right i really like steve avila as well dean did you have uh, avila in your top five yeah not a five though I couldn't disagree with a lot with a lot of Ray said more, honestly. No. If you, if you want to, I actually yeah. don't know what he was watching. There are a lot of weaknesses to his game. I don't see particularly one that he just talked about. And I, I'll go into detail about it. Interesting. Cause I also have Steve Avila at five and honestly, mine and Ray's uh, write up is, is fairly, fairly similar. The dense, mover that he is it's really impressed that his size you don't think he finishes blocks in pass pro uh i think he does finish blocks but he's, i think he could get better i think the um at pass pro blocks I, I think the big thing with him with ray covered is uh is his hand placement i think it's really erratic and honestly gets him in trouble a lot um and with that he has a, a tendency to to stand upright which for uh for speed rushers is a is a real problem for him but i I think i think the hand placement was the biggest thing for me which is why i had him at five but he's a really good player and with his versatility to play guard and to play center he's gonna be a day two player for sure heard dean you want to talk yeah talk about your boy where you got him no he wants to save him let him save him. i'm gonna save it i know the way dean operates you go, Uh, go with your five 
I'm going to save that because I I can't believe Ray said that out loud about a guy who's actually the most relentless in pass pro. I I think I, I so I'm I'm confused. But uh, I mean everything else you said was I I agree with, but just that point. Uh, anyway, then I'm going to go to my five, and that is going to be someone who I actually coming in bias wise was ready to have him above my four and my three and my two. Uh, potentially, I, I thought he would be a top three guy for sure, but I was uh, maybe a little bit more surprised by the other guys or a little bit disappointed in this guy, maybe a little bit of both. But that's going to be Joe Tipman, center out of Wisconsin. What's so funny, Ray? Nothing. Tip, 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 tip. I actually thought I was going to like him a little bit more. I really do. But um, uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that I could just say tip. But I, I like saying it. Anyway, a guy with very high IQ awareness. Uh, I love a good center point to a potential blitzer. And he did that a ton. You know what I mean? You know when they kind of like no, sit dude. over – they kind of sit over the uh, the football like an egg and they do like the <laughs> point? I fucking love that. That's actually, I think, the most masculine, most alpha thing a person could do in life. So I love a good old center, you know – center point to a blitzer and joe tip did that a lot and a lot of times it came to fruition and i love seeing that as well clearly shows high football iq um he has great strength at the point of attack um and he is six six and i'm going to consider this a strength i thought for someone who's going to be six six and obviously most people are going to think this as a center prospect that that is going to be obviously wildly too tall and someone who needs to get very low, especially when they're dealing with, you know, nose tackles and D tackles coming from, you know, they're going to be technically a bit shorter as well in, you know, terms of D linemen. So leverage wise, you're going to consider six, six being a bit tall for a center and going to have some leverage issues. I thought he actually stayed fairly consistently low and I uh, thought that'd be a bigger issue for him, but I did not see it happen too much, even though it did occasionally. But um, anytime he was stood up was very rare. Uh, then also when he pulls in, in the run game, he is looking for blood. It, it's comparable to how Broderick Jones is when we said he looks like an 18-wheeler. Joe Tittman looks like that. Uh, really cool to see. Uh, now for his weaknesses, I, I put down that he could have better footwork and better hand placement on blocks. And sadly, these two weaknesses, you know, paired together, they translated into problems with him as discipline goes and it turned into holding calls. I believe he had seven this year. Uh, predominantly he did that by grabbing outside the pads. Again, this happens most of the time when he feels uncomfortable, uh, too comfortable. I apologize in blocks and he would just stop his feet or, and it was very weird, and I it's kind of what I saw a little bit in Avila. That's why I agree with you guys that it was a bit of a weakness. Sometimes he could just come out from under with his hands and just start outside. Um, when he shows that he can block very well and very consistently when he gets it inside, it was almost like by choice. It's a little bit erratic hand placement, which I think he could sure up, but those were the weaknesses I saw and why he's number five on my list. So Dean's got Joe Tittman at number five. Ray, where do you have uh, where do you have Tittman? Come back to me later. I'll circle back. I'm I'm passing on this one too. Okay. I knew, was, I want... knew Dean was going to do this shit. All right. Um, I'll Go talk ahead. about Joe Tittman because it seems like Ray has him pretty high and Dean's got him at five. I'll split. I'll split the difference. I have Tittman at three. Um, he's a really good athlete for his size. He's quick out of his stance. Does a really good job at staying low at six six, which is really really impressive. Just to consistently do that all game, I think he could play in almost any scheme at his size and with his athleticism. He's got a really strong base, good anchor, and he is awesome when he gets to the second level. He just finishes people, um, and he finishes pe- finishes people into the ground most of the time, which is really impressive. And in pass protection, Dean, I agree with you. I thought he did a really good job at pointing out uh, blitzers, pointing out Mike linebackers at the line of scrimmage. And I think he does a really good job at helping out his teammates when he is, um, when he's not blocking anybody to start. Um, For me, some of the weaknesses, the height is, uh, I don't really know the word, but it's tough because he has to force himself to get so low all the time. So that can be a tiring thing to do every single play. 
Um, and I think this comes with him lowering his head a lot, which is not great. Tends to get blown by when he lowers his head. He needs to work on just playing with a little bit of a straighter back, um, which isn't easy for a guy 6'6", but he's really athletic, so I think he can do it. Also saw a few plays where he just gave up his chest way too easily and got pushed back. So um, a little bit of correction with the hand placement there, but he's a really good player, and uh, I think he's going to be another day two guy for almost any team. I think he has a home on. He's a really good player. Agreed. So I got Tipman at three. Dean's got him at five. Ray is TBD. Let's move on to our number fours, Ray. Who you got at number four? Uh, so this is someone who I kind of thought Dean was going to mention at five when he was just talking about how he kind of went into the process a little biased on him. Because I kind of did for this person as well. So I have John Michael Schmitz at four. Uh, he's, he's someone I was expecting to have pretty high, whether it was top two or top three. But he's coming in at four for me. So he's uh, played a lot of football, which I think is kind of a – a trend in, in this group. All these guys have so much fucking experience. It's kind of crazy. But six three and a half. He's only three oh one at center, which I'll, I guess I'll get to that later. He's got thirty two and five eighths inch arms, and then as a mover, he moves a little bit better on tape. But he only ran a five three five forty with that one eight five split. All the other athletic numbers are pretty average. With and he finished with the uh, twenty six reps on the bench. And like I said, he's going to be a 24-year-old rookie, so he's had a ton of a ton of experience. Uh, the good, I love the way he plays with leverage. He gets low, and he kind of like drives up on defensive linemen, especially when he's on the move. He's not the best mover, as I reference his 40 time, but in between the hashes, he plenty, plenty moves plenty well enough for the inside zone. Um, he's really strong in tight spaces, very gritty. So I love him as like a like almost like a phone booth boxer. Like it gets inside. He's not going to be like Tipman where you want him pulling and lead blocking that's not really his game but he can move up to the second level he's really aware like Tittman is as well he's a he's like the leader of that offensive line playing the pivot and he's really good at combo blocks too he works really well hand in hand with the guards and knows when to get move up to the second level some of the negatives I think he needs to add a little bit of weight there are too many times where I saw him engage with defensive tackles where he was kind of just getting thrown around a little bit like ragdolled which was really surprising to see uh, not the most mobile, as I mentioned before, and he kind of when he moves when he's asked to go to the second level or go wide, he's reaching a lot. Whereas someone like Joe Titman will get to that guy and fucking put him in the dirt, which I love. So that's like one thing where I don't know if he's going to be the best fit in a wide uh, like a wide zone scheme. I just don't know if that's his game. And then third, I think he's kind of a center only prospect. I only see him playing center. I don't really think he can. Uh, play guard just because of the lack of weight and strength or whatnot. I think you kind of have to play center, which is fine. That he'll, he's going to be a good center, I think, and he'll be able to start from day one. But I, I love versatility in my offensive lineman. So for those reasons, that's why I have him at number four. I don't know why, but we're seeing a lot of contradictory things today. Uh, I kind of want to say my John Michael Schmidt stuff. I don't have him at one. Um, you obviously have met too. But he he is my he is a my guy for me and he has been throughout this whole process. Mm-hmm. Um Ray, I, I've been seeing all the stuff about him in a in a wide zone scheme and how he's not athletic enough to play it. He had like the highest wide zone block rate of anybody in the country, in like all over the last like, ten yeah. years. He had like a ninety five like PFF block rate. Um I did see him move pretty well on, on that stuff. So uh, I think, I think he's more versatile than, than people think. Also um, I think he is probably a center only, but he played tackle in high school as well. So he has played other positions on, on, on the offensive line. So I do think that he could probably play guard if, if you needed him to. Now, can I just go my stuff now? Go ahead. I want to talk about my guy. Um, <laughs> I, I, got John Michael, <laughs> I got John Michael Smith at two. Um, for what I just referenced to wrestler background as well, which we always love to see, we call that out and it shows up on tape. The leverage is awesome at the point of attack. And I think his big thing is his grip strength. It really, really stood out to me. I think he he can turn any defensive line any way he wants them to. And he opens up really nice lanes for his running backs. Um, and in his past pro, his hand strength allows him, to not let rushers get their hands on him free uh, first, 
plays with a really sturdy base, rarely gets pushed back. I, I saw it differently than, than you were. I thought he played with enough play strength. They they listed him at like 315. Um, don't think he played at that, but I think he could add the extra weight if he needs to. And for I, me, I don't know if it's a str- I don't know if it's really a strength thing. I just think I just saw him a couple times where like he was engaged and he was kind of just getting thrown around like at will, which was like just a little surprising to me. But yeah, keep going. Sorry. Um, no, it's all good. Um, it's it's scouting. This is what this is what we need to do. Um, yeah, this is kind of cool. I like, but this. he's a he's just a high IQ football player. He just knows the position so well, and with his lack of let's call it athleticism, even though I think he's a pretty good mover on tape, even if it didn't show up at the combine, he just knows how to get from point A to point B in the most efficient, quick possible. Um, So I think his IQ helps him overcome his athletic limitations. For me, the reason I have him at two and not at one is going to be a 24-year-old rookie. This is pretty much who he's going to be at the next level. I don't really see him at his current physical state and being 24 years old, I don't see him growing too much, but I already think he is a pro bowl level type of prospect at center. Um, and I do agree with you. Sometimes when he, when he gets to the second level, he needs to finish a little bit more. Um, I think he gets there quickly, but his hands aren't always following his feet. Um, and athletic defenders can, can evade him sometimes on in the second level, but, I just think if you're you're going to bring this guy in, he's going to be a day one starter, and he's going to make an impact uh, on your team. He's just a, the captain of the offensive line at, at every level that he's played at, um, and he's just a, a really, really solid, solid, solid offensive lineman. So I got John Michael Schmitz. Do I just go over where I have JMS? Yeah, go ahead. This was uh, opposite of Ray, which is funny. Uh, he thought that JMS was going to be a little bit higher. Ended up being a little bit lower. He thought Tipman would be a little bit lower. Ended up being a little bit higher on his board. I'm the complete opposite. I thought Tipman would be a bit higher. Ended up being lower. JMS, I surprisingly have at number three. Uh, I really thought I was very surprised at how his combine numbers came out, actually compared to the lateral agility he actually has. And the way he gets exactly how Sauce said from point A to point B, obviously the 2,495 snaps is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but just like Sauce said before, you know, a pretty significant amount of those snaps, running snaps, that would be were outside zone schemes and, uh, and you know, developed a very impressive lateral first step because of it. And I, I, that's exactly what I saw this year. He was amazing on those plays, in my opinion. You know, I hate bringing up combine drills as well, but I feel like I just might as well at this point. But they were doing lateral movement drills, and he was actually in a group with Skaronsky, who's obviously has amazing lateral agility, one of the best in this class. And I actually was way more impressed. He made him look like a pedestrian. He made him look like a, a fifth rounder. And he, I don't know why I hate, you know, they're in shorts who gives a fuck, but, um, but I thought it was really, really cool. And I'm, I wrote down any teams that prioritize outside zone schemes, especially like the Niners who actually also need center help should trade up to get this guy. I know they just got three, three, uh, condition compensatory picks, uh, 99, uh, one one and like one Oh two. Honestly, if this guy falls a bit because he's just like you said, I think he's going to be a strict center. I think he has no versatility whatsoever. I agree with Ray on that point. But, you know, 24 years old, a bit on the smaller side, paired with the lack of athletic measurables as far as the combine goes, that's going to hurt him in a lot of rooms. It, it, that's just the truth of the matter. I, I I think that he has a shot of actually falling a bit. Say if he's in the back end of the second, which I don't think he should be there, but if he is, the Niners should go up and pounce on this guy. That would be awesome for their O-line. It's a mistake if you're looking at these guys in shorts and not what not what the tape shows because the yeah, tape's fucking awesome. Tape awesome. I'm telling you though, I'm not kidding. When I see you guys Saturday, I want to show you it because it was. I don't know why, but it was a little eye opening. I, 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 like I, I feel like it just reinforced what I saw on tape over and over and over again. If that makes sense, I just don't get how you can watch him and then watch Tipman and then think he's the better guy for the wide zone for a wide zone scheme. 
I just that's why I don't better. No, no, I don't think he's better. I I think Tipman was really was amazing. In it. I, I I I highlighted that. I'm just saying that I think he's the better prospect and overall, and that I think they're going to go in the same area. And if I was the Niners, I I mean I think the same thing for the Niners for Tipman. I yeah. I just wrote it down specifically for JMS because he was rated higher for me. When I when I brought up the uh, the wide zone blocking grade. It wasn't to say that he's better than than Tipman at it because Tipman's obviously a way better athlete than, than John Michael. Smith. He looks like Broderick Jones sometimes. I, so, I was I, mean. I was just bringing that up to for all the people who are saying that he shouldn't be in a wide zone scheme, but then when you look back at the tape, I think it shows differently. And I mean, I know we poo poo PFF all the time, but um, he had a seventy blocking uh wide zone blocking grade it wouldn't be a 95 you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't even know what the no, fuck that just I, I i literally don't know what you mean but it's fine let's keep going <laughs> i'm i'm saying like if if it should be like a 70 grade like he wouldn't just get a 95 okay i'm going to be really like interested it, I, i'm, sa- these, I'm uh... saying he is capable of being in a wide zone scheme no he's cap- I, I think he's capable but i just don't think it's where he's at his best Personally, heard. I mean, I don't think we said that, but sure. Um, Dean, you're at number four. Yeah, number four, Luke Whipler, Wipler, Wipingler. I don't know. Um, anyway, center out of Ohio State. Shout out Ray. Um, <laughs> I'm actually interested. I I while I was watching this tape, Ray, what I was thinking in my head most of the time was where you were going to have him. I can't tell if your homer is going to come out and have him like number two. He's out. Really? You know why? Yeah. I thought he was going to be your second because I genuinely believe he has as much potential as maybe anyone in this class. Uh, and, well, I guess I'll just start from the top. You know, he's 6'2", 303, 32 and 5 eighths arms, you know, 5'14", uh, 5'14", uh, 40. Uh, very consistent. What right? Is that wrong? I mean, I don't I don't think the arm length was right, but you can keep going. Did I get it wrong? I have a lot written down here, so it could be. Keep going. Keep going. Uh 31. I apologize. 31 and 5 eighths. Sorry about that, Ray. Sub 32, but nothing, nothing too concerning. Um I very consistent two year starter for for the Buckeyes. Right, do I get thumbs up on that one? Thumbs up. Thank God. Damn. Like I said, really, I, I genuinely believe he has as much potential as anyone in this group. And that's kind of why I have him just sl- slightly over uh, Tipman. But essentially, my my four, five, even my three, even JMS, they're all right there. They really are. Uh, last, uh, I surprising strength at 303. And he, again, is a guy who's a, who's a center point guy amazing instincts i remember on one particular play on the goal line he uh where they were on their on the when ohio state was on their own one yard line he pointed out this linebacker who was going to be uh blitzing to the left and picked it up with ease and i remember i remember thinking that was really cool especially when your offense is in a a tough situation like that to be that cool and calm and collected uh he also displays great hip flexibility and lateral quickness that that's all going to be displayed mostly in his run game i'll get into his weaknesses but he's a very good sealer uh i like to think and i think that's going to bode well particularly in the inside inside runs for his weaknesses, I put size and length as a concern. He almost doesn't even look like he's 31.58. I actually put doesn't look 31.58 with four question marks after it. He definitely looks like he doesn't contain the length, but he really is very polished, I think, in a lot of a lot of facets of his game and doesn't. He's a solid floor play with, again, the potential to be the best in this interior line crew. Uh, 9.28 Raz, by the way, if anyone cares, but very, very athletic. And I, I did put for a weakness, though, that he's he's not really a mover or physically imposing enough. And that's going to show at the next level. But he also can at times maul in the run game and, and kind of just like. Like 
go blood red mad. So uh, this guy was a little bit, a little bit difficult for me to grade. And that's why these like three to six even are very close for me. But I I really liked Whipler's upside paired with his floor. Nice. Dean's got Luke Whipler at four. Ray, where'd you have him? Had him outside. I think he was either six or seven for me. Uh, I think Dean said he had pretty, I think he has a high ceiling, but I just think he's a little scheme specific. This is someone I think has to be in a wide zone. You want him on the move, use the athleticism to an advantage. And just like Dean said, the lack of length is concerning. And just, I feel like he got pushed back a lot um, at center at Ohio state where in the NFL, you get pushed, you get bullied in the big 10, you're going to get bullied in the NFL even worse. So I think he's got to add some weight and um, yeah, that's pretty much why. That's a really, that, that's a really good. I just want to add one little quick thing. That's a really good call. I, I thought, I mean, he was getting pushed back, but a lot of times he wouldn't let it develop into, which is obviously you need your center not to have your pocket collapse on you, and that's going to be a problem. But he displayed some really solid base in those moments as well. But, yes, he he does tend to lose ground. I, I thought he did a really good job of making sure guys didn't get around him in those, you know, when he was getting pushed around. But the, the, he'll, he'll need to bulk up for sure. Nice. Yeah, I, I had Whipler at six too. The the size and the lack of length just uh just had him outside for the, for my top five. I think he's a really good athlete. And think he could be a really good player, but I think my top five was was pretty set with guys who are going to come in and make an immediate impact. Uh, am I up right now for for four? Yeah. Okay. Um, four for me is is Cody Mock. Um, I know the boys may, may have him a little higher. Um, I, I mean, we've loved this guy throughout the whole process, right? This guy is a tough motherfucker, an absolute dog, looks to destroy everybody in the run game, which is really fun to watch on tape. Really good athlete, gets to the second level super easy, stays engaged with blockers, uh, with defenders through the second level. He's quick to recover when he gets beat. He's got position versatility where he can play tackle, he can play guard. I think he could play center too if you needed him to. Um, zone based scheme will really fit him well where he can pull, use his athleticism and his nasty nature to set up open lanes for running backs. Um, for me, the weakness is he just needs to clean up a lot technically right now. The feet and the hands don't always work together. Um, he also has a tendency to heel click, which will just get you in complete trouble at the next level. Guys are too fast and too strong for you to do that. So needs to clean up that. He also has a tendency to miss high on his punches, which causes him to hold. Um, And I think right now his run blocking is way ahead of his pass protection. So for those reasons, I have him at four, but he is a really good player. And you see it on tape. He's got the want to to be really good. So pair that with uh, with his natural athleticism. When he gets with the team, they can clean up all that technical stuff. And uh, he should be a really good player who's got position versatility for sure. Yeah, I'm just gonna piggyback right off because he's he's three for me, and your evaluation is pretty spot on. I think. Um, I'm just gonna say six five three oh two. He's got those thirty two and three eighths inch arms, so it's probably gonna kick him inside, which is why we have him in this episode. Uh, he killed the combine five oh eight forty one seven nine ten yard split to go with a twenty nine inch vert nine foot broad, and he had like a seven uh, three 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 cone, which was really impressive. And then to go along with 29 bench press reps. So he's he's a he's a strong dude, and, he, and his biggest strength is just on the move, like you said. When he's out in space and lead blocking, he is a fucking force. And I could I completely agree. Just as a, he's definitely ways ahead as a run blocker. That's where his strength is right now. But I would just counter by saying he's still super young for the position too. He came in as a tight end and just beefed the fuck up. I think he's the type of guy who's going to be a, a a tone setter for your offensive line. You want you want him in the in the trenches with your guys. I feel like when it comes to fourth and one, and you gotta get that yeah, get that yard. I think he's going to be the type of guy that leads the way. So, and then just you said it pass pro. I think he takes some awkward set uh, sets with his footwork, but I don't know. I'm not like an expert by any means, but I feel like that could be hidden a little bit when you move him inside. I feel like it, 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 it's a little bit more of a glaring issue when you're a tackle inside, hide it up. And then also just more coaching. I think that should get, that's definitely something that can get cleaned up. And then just lack of experience versus um, high level competition, just at the FCS is definitely something to be concerned about. Cause he did look like a man amongst boys, but 
the, the the tape and the just the finishing ability is why I have him number three. And then also we don't need to beat a dead horse, but the position flexibility as well. He can go out to tackle if if you need him to. So I that's the reason that's probably the main reason why I have him ahead of uh, John Michael Schmitz. Nice. Cool. Uh, I do just want to add Cody. I do not have him in this episode because I still see him as a tackle prospect. I also had him as number six in our tackle episode for our position rankings. I think it is also, you know, it is still going to be fairly likely that he gets kicked in, but we are starting to see that if, if, if the guy's got the agility to kick out and I mean, 32 and what is it? 32 and five eighths or it, uh, that's it's either five or three eighths. I don't remember. Three they are start, we are starting to see guard guard versatile you know, prospects and even guys in the league for a few years, again, that they're being kicked out with ease by these coaches. If there's, if there's injuries and in a lot of cases, staying out there, obviously the first guy I think of is Elijah Vera Tucker. He is also God. So um, sorry to anyone who, who thinks that's disrespectful to God, but he is the man. Um, and he, I believe has like 32 flat arms. So uh, I, I think he's still, has shown enough and has shown enough experience to for sure be an outside an outside guy and a tackle. So I, I that for that reason I do not have him in this episode. Yeah, Dean, where would you have him ranked in in this interior class if you were just putting him as an interior? He would be three. Okay. Nice. Um, so I had Cody Mock at four. Ray had Cody Mock at three. Where are we up to now, Dean? Who's your three? JMS. I already uh I already discussed my five, four, and three. I got okay. Tipman at five. I got Whippler at four and JMS at three. All right, Dean. Let's go to your two then. Who do you got at two? Well, Sauce, do you, did you cover your three, Sauce? My my three is Tipman. So I already okay. okay, so we're at twos now. We're at we're at twos, and I already talked about John Michael Schmitz and my two. So I'm waiting to number one. Uh yeah. so Dean, let, let, let's go through your two right now. You yeah. got a, a two. Yeah. This is, of course, still the Sunny Dykes podcast. So, <laughs> I I swear to God, I did not plan. I did not go in just saying immediately that Avila would be two. I promise. I, I went in saying he'd be one, probably. I really was. No, I was top kidding. two, and he's not two. I, I top two, but he's not two. No, so number two is going to be Steve Avila for me. Uh, guard, center, tackle? Question mark potential uh, at a TCU Horn Frog. This guy is just an absolute beast. When I watched his tape, I was I was so surprised. I really was. I watched like sixty percent of the snaps on the whole year. I feel like that's an actual percentage of TCU games, and probably more honestly, like seventy five percent of snaps. And I thought he was great, but when I watched the tape again, I thought he was even better. Uh, obviously, just as Ray said, and sauce the versatility is quite literally ridiculous. He can be a center guard and has shown the propensity to play right tackle. And I think that in a lot of scenarios that we could even see that at the next level. And I would not be surprised whatsoever. Six, three, three, 32, 33 inch arms hits that threshold, which is nice. He awesome. Athletically great agility, uh, great athletic and size measurables. What I wrote down. Um, And he's honestly, he's this year's dancing bear for sure. He has just crazy foot footwork and a scorching first step for 332. He's honestly elite in pass pro. He's great at and I, I'm elite is a little strong. He's awesome in pass pro, but has the intangibles to be elite at the next level, barring some coaching. And I'll go into detail on that. His mirroring is quite literally crazy and will translate amazing at the next level. And what I mean by mirroring is obviously when he's in front of a D lineman and he has him right where he wants him, he keeps him there for God knows how long he wants. I put that he does not stop in all caps when he has someone mirrored, mirrored for him. Uh, I, he's, I put down that Avila was almost single-handedly responsible for, I can't even count how many broken play you know, scrambles by Duggan that I couldn't even count because he does not stop when he has a D lineman mirrored. Uh, and that is obviously going to be more and more a part of the NFL game 
and is what most NFL teams look for in a QB prospect is obviously a quarterback that can threaten with their legs when there is a play broken. I mean, all the top quarterbacks in the league currently do it. And uh, what else we had? I guess we'll go honestly to weaknesses. Before I get to that, I do want to say that I have him at two. Might be a bit high because I really do believe this is going to be a little bit more of a like a, a potential the thing based off of potential because I really think that he has the highest ceiling out of everyone in this interior line crew by by a pretty wide margin his weaknesses though is his like I said his first step in mirroring is elite which if he gets that guy there and in the initial lateral movement he's shown to keep them there but he really lacks and and Ray actually pointed this out uh really well actually that he does not have the hip flexibility that he needs to have and when he doesn't get that guy there and gain the leverage that he wants in that moment he sometimes because of his hip flexibility is not able to get the leverage back and can just be, you know, left in the dust, honestly. And this becomes particularly a problem against stunts, which he's probably going to see more of at the next level as well. And lastly, I would say he lacks a bit in the run game, but don't think it carries as much weight. And I think NFL teams and NFL scouts will agree with this considering the just completely odd nature of that TCU offense and just all those scrambles. The run game was very odd. The whole offense, the scheme was just odd in general. I think that he's a guy who can be a very solid run blocker at the next level. Got it. So Dean's got Steve Avila at number two. Ray, who you got at number two? I was about to change it last second, like Dean, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it. Um, change it. Fuck, no, please. this is because I really I was going back and forth on the, who to have two, who to have one. I let the the narrative win out. So at number two, I got Joe Tipman. I, I he's my guy. I'm fucking obsessed with this dude. Uh, <laughs> just I guess start with the, just the length of the length and just athleticism for the positions unreal. Six six. I feel like going into the process, I I thought that was going to be kind of a um, a detriment to him. Just mm-hmm. just pad level and everything. But I guess I'll get to that a little later. But just he's. Plenty long, thirty almost thirty three inch arms. So on, on the inside, that plays really well. And there's mobility. No one moves like him on on this group. It's just he's a freak. He's a unicorn. Not only does he have the range, just when he pulls, it, just his balance and just the. I'm trying to think of the word. Just like the, he just looks like he's on a fucking mission. He looks like he's like Jason Bourne, like getting ready to kill someone. It's really yeah. it, he he can fight. <laughs> he fights through contact and like he still gets to point his like. Uh, his direction, his directive point, which I love. Um, just he's and also like, so the narrative on him, like going into just watching the tape, was just that he's a mover. So I thought he would be a little bit weak and just play high and just get pushed back, and that just wasn't the case at all. He really has a great ability to anchor, and he also just functional strength. He turns those big dudes inside with relatively ease. He's able to seal and just open up the a gap at will. A lot stronger than I thought he was going to be. Then in pass blocking, he's really patient with his punch where he won't, he doesn't set too early. I don't know if that could almost like he's patient to a detriment or he's like on that line kind of, but he really is patient. He's got really good uh, feet and mirroring ability, just, just out of straight athleticism, I feel like. And then the versatility, he he's a center in college. I think he can, he can, or maybe be better suited for guard just because the way he pulls, I feel like a lot of uh, teams, Unless you're like you're Jason Kelsey, no one's pulling their center as much as he did in college. So I don't know if he could if he may even be better suited for guard just with the height and length and everything. But he can play center or guard with ease. And then I guess just some of the negatives. I think Sauce mentioned it perfectly. You Sauce, when you went through it, it took me a lot of self control not to jump in just because you were saying everything I I had written down as well. He gets in. People get inside on his chest a lot. Uh, I think it's whether it's hand placement or just the, like the lack of or the too much patience. He just, people just get inside on him, but he does show a really good ability to just anchor quick and not give up ground. Uh, and then there's the pad level. You were saying that like he kind of like bends a lot, and I think that is just because he's trying to get so low that his he dips his, he like drops his head forward and his shoulders forward, where that's how he's getting his pad levels low, and he does tend to whiff a little bit. So I don't know if that's something that he's got to work through. 
or just get with an offensive line coach to help him clean up. I don't really know how you do it when you're six six, but those are something to be concerned about. But I just think that he has the highest ceiling in this class, and I don't really think it's particularly close. Right. So Ray's got Joe Titman at two. So I'm assuming we all have the same guy at number one. So who wants to start on him? You go. You haven't gone in a fucking minute. Right. Yeah, I don't think you <laughs> you did your two. Uh, yeah, I had, I had a JMS at, at two. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Osiris Torrance is, is our number one, 6'5", 330, um, 34-inch arms, 11 and a quarter-inch hands, absolutely ridiculous. This man is an absolute unit. He's got a broad chest, and he's thick below the belt. Hey. Hey. Uh, <laughs> he's, he is a dominant force in the run game, creates a wall with his lower half, and is just pretty much impossible to move around. Strong hands that pop rushers back. Um, he really only needs one arm to, to block people with his long arms and, and his big hands. It's, it's really, really impressive. And he can use that second hand to sort of guide people and then get their hand and then get his hands on them. Um, surprising quickness, honestly, to reset himself, which at 330, I thought was really, really impressive. And then, like I said, he just bitches people. It like none of these guys do, and he plays really, really hard. I thought he did a pretty good job against Jalen Carter against the, uh, in their game against Georgia. Um, I think the big thing on him, no sacks allowed this year. Also, no penalties given to him this year. Massive plus. Um, so I really liked him in that sense. Some weaknesses can get a, a little bit over-aggressive and misstep, which causes him to get beat on some counters. Um Similar to to Tipman, he he has a tendency to drop his head too and lose his sight of defenders. And his hands and his feet are always not in line with each other, especially when he moves to the second level. But he gets out there pretty quickly, and he's so big and strong that it's not too much of an issue for me. I think this guy could have a, a home uh, day one in the first round. I think he's pretty clearly the best interior offensive lineman. So. Osiris Torrance out of Florida for uh, for my number one. Yeah, you covered that pretty well. He when you said bitches people, he really does bitch people. He like he throws them around like uh, like I throw like my little cousin around, just like push him to the ground with ease. It's crazy. Oh, God. Like, the, the amount of times people like they actually go fla- like flailing their Blind. body when he yeah when he throws them. It's pretty funny actually. Uh, you said it, it. Just I think he started forty six of forty seven games in college and coming over from Louisiana and then immediately being all sec i think he was even like an all-american too it was super impressive with that step up in competition um you said the thick thick lower body frame and also the really good length too almost 34 inch arms and 11 inch hands so those are things you want to see and then just some weaknesses i think he not the not the most fleet of foot guy he's a little sluggish when getting to the second level but that length makes up for it i think and the length and strength and then um in pass pro, I feel like there he can get beat a little bit to the outside shoulder, but I'm not too concerned with it. So I think he's going to be a day one starting guard and pretty relatively scheme versatile. Going around us out, Dino. Yeah, no. Um, this guy is actually ridiculous. He is a I, I love it around this year because this is a this is around the time. You know, we're about a little bit less than a month out. Obviously, the combine happened a few weeks ago. Everyone's kind of grinding the tape, talking about the guys. There's interviews going on. There's there's people talking around the league about interviews. And uh, this is really around the time where if you didn't have a sexy combine and all you have is just great, consistent, and not really flashy tape, you're going to slowly fall. And that is definitely Osiris this year. He just he is a bona fide top fifteen pick in my in my eyes. I'm very happy actually. Like two mock drafts ago, I I slipped him into like you know top thirteen pick I think, and I I said that I thought we were going to be like overthinking this because he's starting to slip out of first rounds in mock drafts, which I think is going to be ridiculous looking back. He's not falling out of the first round. I will Glock that. I'll bet anyone here any amount of money. I don't give a fuck. He, he's he's just an animal. He, great lateral agility. He easily, easily displaces people. You guys all went into very, very, you know, a ton of detail about that. He Awesome hand usage when he's combating pass rush moves. I I, I 
he displayed that against Jalen Carter. I really thought he even played better against Jalen Carter than even meets the eye. Really, if you just watch it raw, you would think a, a few times he got the better of him. It's really not the case. Sometimes there were odd looks, and he had some responsibilities, say maybe outside or inside, that he had to look for first. And then, yeah, Jalen Carter, who's you know the best prospect in the league, he gets the first step in the in the direction that he's going, and Osiris looks to go the correct way he's supposed to go, and then comes back. Obviously, it's going to be tough for anyone, even even an established guard in the NFL right now. So uh, I do just want to say one last thing, because in his tape, he had this one play where I thought it was wildly, wildly impressive. It was my favorite rep of his. It was actually in the Georgia game where he wasn't blocking Jalen Carter. Instead, Jalen Carter was in like a a four a four eye tech in front of him, and instead of going at him, he actually runs down runs down the line of scrimmage uh, to kind of do like a long pass rush play. And it was kind of a semi stunt to get him to get Torrance kind of leaning in while a linebacker comes across and Osiris didn't fall for it all. But not only that, he doesn't hesitate. He sees the linebacker. He says, Oh, I'll deal with you in a fucking second. And I'm not kidding. Finds the time to quickly go help seal off for the right tackle and then come back in and just blow up uh, number 11, the linebacker out of Georgia. I think his name is like Jalen Carter, freshman, but it just blows him up. I, I thought that was such a cool play. And then lastly, uh, in a lot of the tape that we saw with these guys, I, I sometimes I was saying to myself that there was a little bit too much act, inactivity. You know, they're looking around seeing what's your next guy to block, but you know, Torrance is always looking. And not only always looking, but always moving. I don't know if it's – you know, uh, I'll attest it to his high motor, I guess. But the guy's always looking to just put hands on motherfuckers. He wants to put paws on people. All I'm saying is he could put those paws on daddy if he wants. He's bona fide number one. It's not close. He's actually like three tiers ahead of everyone here. Love it. Love it. So let's go through everybody's top five right now. Ray, run through your top five. Uh, so Osiris Torrance at one. Joey Tipman at two. Cody Mock at three. John Michael Schmidt at four and Steve Avila at five. Dean, who you got? Got Osiris at one, Steve Avila at two, John Michael Schmitz at three, Luke Whipler at four, and then Joey Tipman at five. Nice. And I got Osiris Torrance at one, John Michael Schmitz at two, Joe Tipman at three, Cody Mock at four, and then Steve Avila at five. Good stuff, fellas. Let's talk about a few guys. Who missed our top fives just outside? Who wants to start? Uh, I'll start quick. I'll just go over. Um, oh my god, I didn't. I didn't look up phonetic spelling of his name. It's uh, okay. You want me to try it? Olu Olu Oluwatimi. I think that's about right. But sorry, Olu, but, Olu Se, Segin Oluwatimi. Good job, Dean. But yeah, so he's this is another guy. We I think it's been a trend uh of this class in general, just p- this position group. Played a ton of fucking football, man. Uh four started four straight, 46 straight starts center between Virginia and Michigan. Super strong, super experienced. He was the leader of that offensive line that won like the best offensive line in the country. I don't know if he's the I don't think he's the best athlete, so I think he may be a little scheme specific. He wanna him in like a, a gap kind of blocking scheme, but he'll he may be drafted as like a backup, but he'll, he'll find his way into a starting rotation, I think, within a year or two, and he'll be a good starter in this league for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I nice. agree. I, 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 he was just outside for me. Before I go into the guy I want to talk about, uh, Olawatimi was just outside for me as well, and I agree with Ray. This guy's going to have a spot on a roster for quite a while just off of how much of a savage he's going to be in those in, in the run game, and specifically, obviously, as Ray said, like a gap scheme. But uh, the guy I want to talk about is a guy who's moving up boards. I have no idea why at all. Curtis McClendon out of UT Chattanooga, uh, you know, 35 inch arms. So I'm assuming that's why he's got he's got good agility. He's 324, 66. I guess it's because of his size and and those measurables. You know, he went to uh, the Senior Bowl. He went to Combine and. I just put in all caps, and I actually tried giving him a, a, an honest shake. I'm not going to lie. I watched a good amount, and I just put in all caps a holding call waiting to happen. 
I thought he was going to be kind of who was the guy out of Chattanooga drafted by the Patriots? What was that? Cole Strange. Strange. Yes, thank you. So I feel like he was starting to get a little bit buzzed. Not not comparable to what Cole Strange got, but but kind of close. And you know, out of UT Chattanooga, and both kind of uh, you know, both a little bit unicornish. So I, I I thought that this guy would continue to rise up. So I wanted to really get ahead of it and watch a good amount. But this guy just consistently grabs outside the pads. It's actually appalling. I don't think he knows that he can put his hands inside. He he never gets inside leverage. And although, you know, the measurables and strength, uh, you know, I mean, not the measurables and strength. I apologize. The measurables you love. He also leaves something to be desired in, in strength a little bit as well, which I, I saw people highlight as something they loved about his game. So I, I'm confused. I don't know if you guys watched, but I would love to hear your opinion. I didn't get a chance to watch, but I just know that he's like a kind of like a uh, proje- big projection just due to his. Yeah, he's a projection guy for sure. Yeah, he was not in my top 10, didn't watch him. Um, so can't give you too much there, but I like I like when we shit on some people. It's good. These guys need to get taken down a peg a little bit. That guy is so bad, dude. <laughs> Holy All right. Uh, last guy I want to talk about is Andrew Voorhees at a USC 6'6", 32-1-8 inch arms. Um, this guy's got five years of starting experience with tackle experience as well. I think his hand placement is among the best in this interior class, and he's really strong. He redirects people really easily. He's an absolute dog in the run game. He's got a ton of pop in the lower half, always has his legs driving forward. Um, and he's just moving people, and he's got the demeanor and the makeup that you want at the position. I think a lot of people saw um, Torres ACL during the combine, which was really unfortunate, but then got on the bench with uh, in his entire cast and uh, and crutches, and then ended up doing the most reps at the combine with 38. So just shows you the competitive spirit and the tech. Absolute beast. It, it just shows you the type of type of guy he is and the type of worker that he is that you're going to bring into your football team. Some of the weaknesses, obviously, the ACL is, is a big time bummer. Um, won't be fully healthy for camp, and I think he might slip because of that too. Um, he's also he's more of a catcher than a mover in, in pass protection. I think I saw kind of similar to Darnell Wright in that in that aspect. He's not the longest. So when defenders get inside of him, he can struggle to regain position. And also his feet uh, just aren't always in the right spot and they can kind of trip over. But I really liked his his athletic makeup. I really like his competitive spirit and I really like the experience that he has. So I think he'll be maybe a late late day two, early day three guy. Um, but the ACL is uh, is definitely a bummer for, for him. But I think that somebody that takes him, if they get him on day three, it's going to be a really good pick, and he can come in and help a team for sure. Yeah, that's a draft and stash right there. Big time. Anybody else we want to mention before we get out of here? No, nah, we, we ran a little long today. Let's fucking wrap it up. Yeah. Well, we, we are between two tackles, right? So. True. This is, this is actually what we are. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was probably my fault. I don't think I was very concise. No, Dean, not you. Never. Never you. <laughs> All right, so that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our interior offensive line group. Stay with us. We got a lot more content coming up leading to the combine. We got another mock draft coming up this week. We got a bunch of position groups coming next week. So stay tuned for that. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. And stick with us as we continue this 2023 draft season, fellas. Appreciate you. Peace.